With Hashem's assistance, we're learning about Bekamadaf Lamed Hey, page 35. We begin at the bottom of Lamed Dalet Amabes, page 34b, eight lines from the bottom of the beginning of the Gemara. Tani Rabbi Avok Kamei Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Avok learned the following brayse in front of Rabbi Yechanan. Kol Makalkal and Beturin, all cases where one is causing destruction on Shabbos, so there's no obligation to bring a korban chatas. If it was done unintentionally, you don't have to bring the special sacrifice. Chutz Michayev Lamavir. Unless we're talking about a case where one inflicts a wound, or one creates a fire and causes the destruction that way. In those two cases, so Rashi brings down that each one of these cases, inflicting a wound, uh, creating a fire, so we learn them out from a special drasha, a special source from the from the verse, that there is an obligation, in fact, if one does those, does those things. Amar Leis, Rabbi Yechanan says, Puk tani lebra mishnah. He says, take this brice out. Rabbi Avo, I'm sorry, this thing that you said is actually not true. Because umavir, when we're talking about inflicting a wound, we're talking about creating fire. There also, if it's being done just for destruction and not for a constructive purpose, so then you're not going to have an obligation to bring a sacrifice in those cases as well. And if you want to say that in fact it is a real mishnah, that it was stated in the, in the base medrash, in the uh, study hall, the reason that you're going to have to bring a korban if if you did an act of inflicting a wound, is because, let's say, you killed an animal, you inflicted a wound on an animal, in order to give your dog some food from this animal. So there's a constructive purpose why you're causing this destruction. And when you lit this fire, it's because you wanted the ashes. We learned that in Mishnah. Our Mishnah. If let's say we have an ox who lights a haystack on fire Shabbos on Shabbos, so the owner of the animal has an obligation to pay for that destruction. However, if the person himself lit the haystack on fire on Shabbos, there's no obligation to pay for the, the monetary damages because since he has an obligation for death, so therefore he's not going to have an obligation to pay the monetary value. And we have a case which the person is similar to the ox. Just like in the case of the ox, so the ox doesn't need to cause this fire. So clearly, the case also that we're talking about with the man is also a case where he doesn't need, let's say, the ashes that he's creating by burning down this haystack. That being the case, what do we see? We see there's no obligation to pay the monetary fine. That implies that there is an obligation for him to be killed because he's done something wrong. The reason is because he's being judged on his soul. So we see not like Rabbi Yechanan said. So the Gemara answers, like, Actually, the ox case is similar to his case. Just like when he burns it down, he needs it. So it's the ox that caused this fire also needed it for some reason. The Gemara says, How do you have a case where an ox intentionally burns down a haystack? What does it need it for? Only Rav Avia, so Rav Avia responded, What are we talking about over here? A very smart ox. That it got a bite on its back. And he wants to burn down the haystack in order to roll around in the ashes. And so, how do we know that this ox intended such a thing? That in fact, after it burned down, he was in fact rolling around in the ashes. Gorn says, Hold on. Do we ever find such a case where an ox is so smart, burns down the haystack in order to roll around to relieve himself? In the Gemara says yes, the Torah, there was a certain ox to have a bear of papa that was in the house.
Yasa Rapapa, Dava Kevin Lechinche, that its teeth were hurting. Ayalu Paskilin Zayasa, it went and it took off the cover of the beer barrel, Vashasi Shikha, and was drinking beer, Vitsi, in order to relieve itself. So we see that an animal does do something like this in order to relieve itself. Amor Rabbanu, Kamid Rapapa, so the rabbi said in front of Rapapa, Mi Matzis Amr Shuri Dumididai, can we say the case of the ox is similar to his case? Akatani Shuri Shabiyish Pater. We find the case where an ox causes embarrassment, so there's no obligation for the master to pay. But if he does it, so then there is an obligation to pay. Is it possible to have a case where the ox is like the person himself? The only way a person has an obligation to pay for embarrassment is only if he intended to embarrass. We have a case where the animal intended to, to embarrass. The more answer is that you could say that it had intention, the animal had intention to cause damage. And what was causing damage, it went and it caused an embarrassment. The Amar Mar, Neskav and Lehazik, because Mar said that when a person or an animal has intention to cause damage, even though there was no intention to embarrass, there's still an obligation on the embarrassment. So, so too in regards to an animal, it had an intention to cause damage, so therefore, now it's going to be considered that it had an intention to embarrass, and therefore, we can contrast that to a case where a person intended to embarrass. And therefore, in that case, we say that the animal is potter, there's no obligation, and the person does have an obligation. Now, the Gemara continues and gives us a different explanation to, to our Mishnah. Our question on our Mishnah was, it sounds like in the Mishnah, that if a person goes and he bursts down in a haystack on Shabbos, so there's not going to be an obligation to pay the monetary value because he's Meschai Venasho, he has an obligation to die. So we had a problem with that because that was implied, that was implying something that which was the opposite of what we said before, which was that even though I didn't have an intention to burn it down, nevertheless I will have an obligation for death if it was done intentionally. So Rebbe says no. Rebbe the fact is that the Mishnah is talking about that a person did it unintentionally. And nevertheless, you're still not going to have to pay anything monetarily. Even though there's no chi of misa, there's no liability for death. Let's see. Like the, they learned in the yeshiva of Chizkiah, they learned there, the verse speaks about striking a person, striking an animal. Just like we find in regards to striking an animal, there's no difference whether we're talking about doing it intentionally, unintentionally, whether it was intent or there was no intent, whether it was on, on the uptake, on the, on the downtake, if a person does a damage to an animal, a person is, always has an obligation to pay. So too in regards to striking another person, like Tachlik by Ben Shogi Ben Mezid, doesn't don't make a difference between unintentionally or intentionally. Ben Miskavin the Shem Miskavin, whether we're talking about with intent or without intent, Ben Derech Yirida Derech Aliyah, whether it's on the on the down movement on the up movement, Lachayv Mammon, Ela Lepatria Mammon. There's always going to be an exemption from paying the monetary value since if a person did it. So in a case of Mezid, since you did it intentionally, there's going to be an obligation for death. It doesn't matter if it was done intentionally or not. There's always going to be an exemption. Exemption from having to pay the money. I'm really Rabban So the rabbi said to Rava, "How can you say that our mission is talking about a case where it was done unintentionally?" It says that the reason that there's no obligation to pay the monetary value is because he's being judged on his soul, meaning since he's liable for death, therefore there's no obligation to pay the monetary value. My answer is no. This is what it means. Since in a case where it's done intentionally, he would be judged for his soul. For example, where he burnt down the haystack 
because he wanted the ashes, so since in such a case there would be an obligation to pay monetarily, so therefore even in a case where it's done unintentionally, we didn't intend to get those ashes, there still is not going to be any obligation in such a case to pay for the monetary value. As we compare the case of an animal being stricken by a person, that there's going to be an obligation monetarily no matter what case, no matter wh- how it happened, to a case where a person is liable for death, there's not going to be any obligation in regards to the monetary values no matter what. We begin the Mishnah. If there was one ox that was running after a second ox, Ruvain's ox was running after Shimon's ox, Vuhuzok, and Shimon's ox that was getting chased got damaged. So now Shimon says to Ruvain, Your ox was the one that caused me damage. And the first guy says, No, I'm sorry, but actually your, your ox got damaged by a, by a rock. So the general rule is that if you're trying to get money out of someone else, you are the one who has to bring the proof. If there were two animals, Ruvain's ox and Shimon's ox, that were running after Levi's ox, so each one says the other one's ox was the one that caused damage. So we turn to Lamed Hayman base 35b, so since no one can prove whose ox it was, so neither of them have an obligation to pay, because they can always say it's the other guy. Let's say the two animals that, that were chasing after the third animal both belong to one person, so they both will have an ob- obligation to pay. We'll see in the Gemara what that means, that both of them have an obligation to pay. If one of the animals that possibly caused damage, and we're talking about two animals that belong to one person, one of them was big, was a large animal, greater value, and one of them was smaller. So the person who got damaged says that the big animal was the one that caused the damage because he wants to get as much money as he can, because it depends on the size of the animal, how much money you can get. The person who caused the damage, so he knows that the small animal is worth less than the half uh, damages that he has to pay. So he'd rather that it be the small animal that caused the damage. Hezek, co- that was the one that caused the damage. Echad tam echad muad. Let's say the two animals that were chasing, one of them was a tame animal, one of them was a wild animal. Anizek amir muad hezek. The person that got damaged says that the the animal that caused the damage was a muad, it was a wild animal, he wants to get full damages. But mazek amir, the one who caused the damage says no. Like he tam hezek. The animal that caused the damage was the one that I'm only going to have to pay half the damages. Again we see over here that the person who's trying to get the money out, he has to, it's the burden of proof is upon him. If there were two animals that got damaged, one of them was big, one of them was small. And the animals that caused damage were two. One of the animals was big, one of them was small. So the person who got damaged says that the big animal was the one who caused damage to the big animal. The small animal caused damage to the small animal. He wants to get as much as he can from each of these damages. And the one who caused the damage says, No, the small animal caused damage damage to the big animal, so I'm not going to have to pay you as much there. And the big animal caused damage to the small animal, so I'm not going to have to pay you as much there as well. Let's say one of the animals that caused damage was a tame animal, one of them was a, a wild animal. The one who got damaged says that the wild animal is the one that caused the damage to the big animal, because he wants to get as much money as possible. The tame animal was the one who caused the damage to the small animal. And the one who Cause the damage says, like he Thomas No, rather the tame one was the one who caused the damage to the big animal. What is the cotton? And the wild animal was the one that caused the damage to the small animal. Again, we'll say over here that the person who's trying to get more money, the burden of proof is going to be upon him.
The Gemara begins. says, from the Mishnah, from the fact that the rabbis say that that if someone is trying to get money out of someone else, he has to bring the proof. So we can deduce from here, we see that the rabbis, the friends of Sumchus, argue on him. What is Sumchus say? He says that when we have money, which it's unclear its status, they split the money. So he would hold in the case of the Mishnah that in fact, we wouldn't that the person who's trying to get the money has to prove it. But rather we would say, since we're unsure about what the halacha is in regards to this money, they're going to split the money. Rabbi Abba Bar Mamal says as follows. Would Sumchus even say, where I, let's say Ruvain will call him, so he has the money, and Shimon is coming to say that that money is, you owe me that money. And Ruvain says, no, it's my money, I am positive that it's my money. And they're both positive about their statements. Would Sumchus even in such a case say that you're going to split the money? I'm really in. He said, yes, in fact, they would. Amr Sumchaz Afilu Bari Ubari. He said it even in a case where they're both positive. So the Gemara says, how do we know that our Mishnah is also talking about a case where they're both positive? Meaning, from the fact that we said that our Mishnah is coming to exclude the statement of Sumchus, so that implies that whatever Sumchus is talking about, our Mishnah is talking about. So how do we see that our Mishnah is also talking about a case where both sides are clear and positive about their statement? Because it says in the Mishnah, this one says, your ox caused me damage. The other one responds and says, no. Rather, which implies that he's quite positive that it was the rock that caused the damage. So Rapapa asks the following question, from the fact that the first case is a case where both sides are absolutely positive that their claim is true. So in the end of the Mishnah also, they're both positive about their claims, both sides. Amos, what does it say in the end? There were two animals that could have possibly caused the damage. One of them was big, one of them was small. So the person who got damaged says that the larger animal was the one that caused the damage because he wants to get the larger amount of money. And the one who caused the damage says, No, the small one is the one that caused the damage because he wants to pay less. Let's say the two animals that we're chasing after, one was tame, one was wild. The one who got damaged says that the, the animal that caused the damage was wild. He wants to get full damages. The person who caused the damage says, no, I'm sorry, the one that caused the damage, the one that caused the damage was the tame one. He only wants to pay half. So there too we said that the person who's trying to get the money has to uh, bring the proof. But it implies if he doesn't bring any proof, what does he get? He gets like what the person who caused the damage is claiming. So if this is the explanation, if they're both claiming something uh, very strongly, so then it would be a problem for the statement of Rabbi Barnas and elsewhere. If let's say Reuven is claiming that Shimon owes him wheat, and Shimon says, no, I'm sorry, I don't owe you wheat, actually I owe you barley. So there Rabbi Barnas says, Potter, there's no obligation for him to pay. Why? Because the person who's making the claim, he is by his statement of saying, you owe me wheat. He's saying, you do not owe me barley. Therefore, even though the other one admits he owes him barley, since he admitted, the person who's making the claim admitted that that's not true, the admission is not true, therefore there's no obligation to pay. But according to what we're saying now, so we're saying that even though there's an admission on the part of the person who's making the claim that the small animal did not cause him damage, only the large animal, right, because we're saying that they're both 
positive about what they're saying, despite that fact, he will get paid by the mazik, by the person who caused the damage, from the smaller animal, because we don't listen to the person who's making the claim. So the Gemara says, So we have to say that the end of the Mishnah is talking about a case where one of them is positive and one of them is unsure. Who is the one that's positive and who's the one that's not positive? If the case is where the person who's getting damaged is saying he is sure that the large animal is the one who caused the damage. The Kamar Mazik Shema and the person who's caused the damage is saying, I'm not sure, but I think it was a small animal. And what are we saying that in that case we don't listen to the Nizak, but rather we listen to the Mazik, the one who caused the damage and all he pays from is the larger animal until there's proof from the person who got damaged. We should still say that it's going to disprove the statement of Rabbi Barnasin because here again the person who's making the claim is invalidating the statement of the person who the claim is against. And nevertheless, we actually end up collecting based on the statement of the person he's making his claim against. So again, it's not like Rabbi Barnasin. So the Gemara says, rather, what's the case? The person who's getting damaged, he's saying perhaps it was the larger animal, the Kamar Mazik Bari. And the person who was the damager is saying, you know, I'm positive it was the smaller animal. From the fact that in the end of the Mishnah, so the one who got damaged is saying possibly. And the one who got, is causing the damage is positive at his statement. So, so too, in the first case of the Mishnah, the person who got damaged is also saying that he's not sure, but he believes that the animal was the one that caused the damage. And the person who caused the damage is saying, no, I am positive that the rock is the one that caused the damage. And would Sumchus even say in such a case where the person who's trying to get the money out is not even sure if he's correct, that they would split the money, that the rabbis would have to come along and say that, no, it's not true. We say, that whoever's trying to get the money has to prove it? That can't be. Someone says, Loi. No. Seifa nizak shema umazik bari. The last case of the Mishnah, the later case of the Mishnah, indeed, is talking about where the nizak, like we said before, the person who got damaged is unsure. He's not sure if it was the big animal, the small animal. He thinks maybe it was the big animal. And umazik bari, the person who caused the damage is saying, I am positive, it was the small animal. Resha nizak bari, but in the first case of the Mishnah, in fact, the person who got damaged is positive that it was the animal that that killed his animal. Umazik shema, but the person who's caused the damage, he's saying perhaps it was the rock. And that's why the rabbis have to come and say that not like Sumchas, the one who's making the claim has to bring the proof. says If that's the case, so then they're not so similar, the first case and the last case. Gemara says, Amri bari vishema, shema ubari chad Insofar as they are similar in regards to that, they both have one person saying that he's sure, and one person saying that he's not sure. So even though in one case it's the Nizak who's sure, and in the other case the Mazak is sure, so it's a little bit switched around, it's still considered similar enough that the Mishnah is considered uniform. Bari ubari, Shema ubari, but if the first part of the Mishnah was talking about a case where both of them are positive in their statements, and the second part is talking about a case where one of them is sure and one of them is not sure, so then that would be considered two different cases, and that would not have enough uniformity for the Mishnah to have chosen cases like that. The Gemara is in his Gufa. We said previously, Amar Rabbi Barnasan, Rabbi Barnasan said, that if Ruven claims that Shimon owes him wheat, and uh, Shimon claims, no, all I owe you is barley, so there's no obligation for Shimon to pay the barley. He doesn't have to pay the wheat as well. My Kamashalom, what's this coming to teach us? Tanina, we actually have this already, we learned this already. It's a, it's a Tanaitic statement, either it's a Bryce or a Mishnah, that if one person is claiming that the other person owes him wheat, the other person admits that he owes him barley, 
barley potter, there's no obligation to pay. Yimei hasam. So the Gemara answers, if I just had that statement from the Tanoim, hava amin the potter midemechitin, we would think that there's only no obligation to pay the value of the of the wheat. But he has to pay for the value of the barley. That's why Rabbi Barnasan is coming to say that no, there's no obligation to pay at all. The potter legamri is completely exempt from paying. Tanat, we learned in the Mishnah Yuhani Zak and Shnaim, Echad Gil Vechakadan. If there were two animals that got damaged, one of them was big, one of them was small, the Khuli, etc. And the Mishnah goes on to say, and the two animals that caused damage, one of them was big and one of them was small. So each one wants to claim the thing that's better for him. The person who got damaged wants to claim that the animal, the big animal, caused damage to the big animal, so he can get as much money as possible from that. And the small animal caused the damage to the small animal. But the Mazi, the person who causes damage, is saying that no, the big animal caused damage to the small animal, so he won't have to pay as much. And the small animal caused damage to the big animal, so he won't have to pay as much. So we said over there that the person who's coming to claim, meaning the person who got damaged, so he has to bring proofs that his side is incorrect. The Gemara says, if he doesn't bring any proof, so all he's going to get is as much as the person who caused the damage is claiming. Amai, Sigmar says, why would that be so? That the case is talking about a case where each of them is claiming their thing with assuredness, they're positive, and therefore the Nizak, the person who's making the claim, trying to get the money out, is in effect saying that the other person's statement is not true, so he shouldn't be able to collect anything, just like this case with the wheat and the barley. The Gemara says, What we mean, in fact, in the Mishnah is that if he indeed brings a proof, then he'll be able to take what he's claiming. However, if he doesn't bring a, bring a proof, in fact, he won't be able to get anything. We have a brace, I raise the that in fact he will pay from the small from the small animal on the big animal and from the big animal on the small animal, which is exactly like the mazik claimed, like the one who caused the damage claimed. So we see not like we just said. The answer is the tofas. That's because he grabbed it. Meaning, if he didn't grab it, so then he won't be able to collect it. The court is not going to take away the money. But if he went and he grabbed that on his own, so then in fact he will be able to get at least what the person who who caused the damage is claiming. Tanam, we learned in the Mishnah Hayo, Echad Tam, Echad Mood. If one of them was tame, one of them was wild, Hanizakar Mood, Hizikas Hagodl. The person who got damaged says that the the animal that's wild was the one who caused the damage to the group, the bigger animal. He wants to get more money. But Tam Esakon, the tame animal was the one who caused the damage to the smaller animal. Amazakamar Loikiela Tam Esakodl, Umur Esakon. And the one who caused the damage is saying, no, it's the exact opposite. The tame animal is the one who caused the, the damage to the bigger animal because he wants to pay less. And the wild animal is the one who caused damage to the smaller animal. Again, he wants to pay less. So the person who's making the claim has to bring the proof. So again, we make the same diuk that if he doesn't bring any proof, so he's going to end up getting how much the mazik says, how much the person who caused the damage says. Again, since they're both sure about what they're saying, so in effect, the person who got damaged, the person who's making the claim, is invalidating the other person's statement, therefore he shouldn't end up with anything. Again, if he brings a proof, then he can. And if he doesn't, he won't in fact be able to get anything. Tanya, the Bryce says, In fact, he does end up getting paid based on the claims of the mazik, the one who caused the damage, the lesser amount of money, but it does get something. My answer is, again, the tough because he grabbed it. And when he grabs it, so the best in the courts are not going to take it away from him.